0: Let's pray before we get any further into the the word. Lord, we just thank you so much for the Bible and the truth uh, that's in the pages. And God, I just pray that we would not just hear the word, but we would that we would apply the word, that we would be transformed by the word, that you would um, really minister to us today by way of your Holy Spirit and the power of, of the word. And so, God, we thank you, thank you for this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what gives, you, what gives you peace? What gives you peace? Uh, this last four months, I've had a good dose of mononucleosis, and uh, still not out of the woods yet, and just absolutely zonked. I mean, just so, so forgive me if I just keel over, but just you could just read the notes. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it's been uh, valuable to me when you can catch moments of, of real peace uh, in life, And as I begin to think about that, what truly is it that we're after? What does it mean for you to have peace? Is it just to have a full wallet that you're able to go and do what you want and pay for all that you want and go and do all these things? Or is it, I want to be free of all troubles. Lord, no stress, please. No stress. Or how about health? It's pretty dear. When you don't have it, it's a miserable, miserable thing. And, uh, you know, and I'm always uh, so moved. I... I wonder what to say about somebody who shows up to church sick. I know that I, I have and I haven't avoided it because I think there's no more healing place than to be with your brothers and sisters and praising the Lord. So I'm not afraid to do that. I don't want to spread all the love, so to speak, Mana or, or anybody coming. But I'm so impressed by people's faithfulness um, despite the sickness and the obstacles. To come to church, uh, I know that the enemy does not want you here. I know he, he hates for community. He wants to destroy it. He wants to disrupt it. And so uh, I know the enemy's out to get us, to stop us in our tracks, to keep you laying right where you are or to uh, push the snooze button. And so I say uh, to the church, um, may God richly bless you for your, your faithfulness to gathering and to worshiping and praying. And uh, I'd real, I really do believe that's one of those places where you find real peace. And um, it's not really in smooth li- living or problem-free uh, living, but it's in that it's in peace is found in our maker, in our heavenly father who pours it out on us and gives us the peace of mind and knowing where we belong, who we belong to, and the point and purpose of life that we've answered the call. And so I'm looking for that kind of peace. Be still my soul, know that he is God, and that he is on our side. As I looked into the scripture for this week, what are we going to study? I thought what I was doing was uh, teeing up Chad, for the next week of the ascension and, the, and to Pentecost, but when I studied into the scripture and had all the notes written out, it dawns on me that all the things that we're about to study and read happened the day of the resurrection. So I, 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 I was off by 30, 40 days uh, in terms of the story of the resurrection and the ascension and, and Pentecost Sunday, and, uh, and so I think we'll still be okay. But we've got to be able to wrap our minds and capture what it is that, uh, that, that Luke is writing when we read into this gospel. Now, let's journey up to this point. Let me make sure that everybody's tracking uh, in the story. Maybe you haven't heard the message before. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus was born, and he uh, lives this life of ministry. We see him pick up these three years of ministry by recruiting. And he recruits uh, a, a group of disciples, and he extends a hand to guys that are sitting out by the boat, and they are happy for maybe a change of scenery, a change of job. And so they begin to follow him. They were they, they right on his heels. It was said that it's good to be covered in the dust of your rabbi. That means you're right on his heels. You're following and doing exactly what he says. You're right there. You're learning. And so these guys do. They journey all along. Every day they're following faithfully behind, but they're, 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 they're watching him do the, the most incredible things. Uh, You think of all the diseases and things that that Jesus heals, just by a touch, just by a word. You think of those who are demon-possessed, and the demon comes out and heads for the road. Uh, You think about that kind of power and that authority. They're they're watching him and following his every step, and how would you be? Uh, Absolutely moved, absolutely, um, maybe just absolutely confused sometimes. How is it that he can do these kinds of things, just as the wind and the waves and that sort of thing? How is it that he can do this? And Dr. Luke, in, uh, in his gospel, he, um, if you don't know, there's four gospels, and one of the gospels, Luke, is all about the humanity. It's all of, he really emphasizes Jesus' de- deity, but also his humanity, and the way that he so um, sweetly and patiently works with, with people. And so uh, Luke captures Jesus uh, going to the cross, he records all these things of Jesus' enormous suffering, and the disciples are there to see all of it, and um, we, Jesus is placed in the, in the tomb, and then three days later, what happens? The most crazy thing that anybody could ever imagine, I don't know that any of these guys are seeing this, because what they were thinking was, Jesus rode in on the donkey, he's like King David, we're going we're gonna to take control of this thing, we're going to eliminate the problems. And instead, Jesus is suffering, dying on the cross, buried in the tomb, and all of a sudden, the news hits that he's resurrected. And so, maybe in your mind's eye, you can see all the disciples. They're sitting there. They're looking at each other. Now, is it a casual moment? No, I don't think so at all. I think it's absolutely dripping with grief and and. And um, despair and confusion, every emotion that you could imagine yourself feeling if you had gone through the most traumatic event, and it was the three worst days of your life, kind of a thing. And all of a sudden, the news hits: Jesus is is not dead. Uh, the stone was rolled away; he's resurrected. Uh, and and then this scripture happens. We're going to read the scripture, and so you, hopefully, you, the this, this stage is set in your minds. And it says it says this. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, I don't know if you can um, fully appreciate what is happening here, but if you just watched your master die on a cross uh, in the most horrific way, and then he's standing right in front of you, and he's not just standing there, he's, he comes up like Janine comes up to me in behind when I'm sitting there working and says, Hello. And I'm just like, ah! I mean, it's like one of those, you know, you do that, and it's it's absolutely terrifying. Uh, let's get back to Jesus, but it's but it's absolutely a shocker. I mean, they're they're looking at the risen the risen Lord Jesus right in front of them. Okay, now watch what it says here, or he says. Peace be with you, which is like a hush, which is like the words that we would use to calm the storms. It's like, you've you just got to relax. Hold on, hold on, relax. And he says this they were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. They were shocked, they were freaked out, they were terrified, they were beside themselves. What is this that we're seeing? And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your mind? How is it that you're so stumped? How is it that you're so confused? How is it that you're struggling to connect the dots? But remember, this is the three hardest days of their life. You think about what, what this moment means to Peter. What has Peter just gone through? He watched his, one of his closest friends, his, his, his beloved uh, master, uh, go towards all these beatings, the crucifixion, all that, and he's denied him three times. Imagine the shock of the moment. It's kind of like, oh my word, there's Jesus, and oh no, there's Jesus. <laughs> Because what, when, he's, when he's risen from the grave and he, we recognize that kind of power and authority, oh my word, this means a lot of different things. This means we've got to change life. This means we've got to repent. This means I'm on my face going, oh my goodness, there he is. Maybe you've been slow to respond to the Lord Jesus. Um, maybe because of the fear and the awe of his love and his power. Maybe you've been told and recognized that this God loves you so deeply um, and so powerfully that it buckles your knees and you fail to respond because your mouth is on the ground and you just can't seem to draw close to him. Or maybe it's because of your sin. Maybe it's because of what I've done. You don't know, Lord. I've denied you. I've betrayed you. I've done all this stuff. My hands are so mucky. But what would the Lord Jesus want? Well... Verse 39, he says this, Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. You Imagine the sweetness of this moment. The, um, the gentle spirit of Jesus to say, All right, here's the deal. John Mark Whenever we were in the garden, you ran away, and you ran away naked because somebody held on your cloak, and you took off running, and Peter, when it was your turn, you denied me three times, and where were you guys? You're thinking he's going to just clean their clock at this moment, but instead, instead he's going, no, look, look, let me prove it, let me prove it to you. Touch me and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. You think about what an g- absolute gift that is, what an absolute gift, um, why is it that Jesus had to be resurrected in his body? W- couldn't he just have been resurrected in just a, a ghost or a spirit and some kind of soul and his body could have stayed right there and he could have res- been resurrected? There are scholars out there that hold the case, but I think that Jesus is exactly who he says he is and he's as described right here in the Gospels, that it was his body that came out of the grave. And why is that important? Uh, look at Psalm 16. You guys read it this morning and this is kind of funny because I chose the scripture as a part of the worship service long before the the sermon was written. How does he do that? Um, that's really amazing. And he says this, Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead nor will you let your faithful one see decay. This is written hundreds of years before and Jesus is fulfilling it. Hundreds of years prior that this, this psalm is written and Jesus is fulfilling the fact that his body is not there in the in the grave. He's come up. His body is resurrected. It's a revolutionary thought, especially to a lot of people in the, first, in the first century who Greeks would have thought that the, the body is so corrupt and so uh, wicked and ruined that when you're dead, you're freed of it. And so therefore the soul is good and pure and it can go on. And Jesus before me he would just be a spirit or a soul and you could put your hand right through the middle of him and that's what they would have thought. But instead he's proving to them that, no, it was a bodily resurrection, as we too will be resurrected someday. And listen to this from from verse 21. And while they still did not believe it because of the joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. So why would Luke spend the next couple of sentences letting us know that he's eating? Well, what's more human than eating? Anybody here like to eat a good meal? He sits down and he eats. And the actual Greek says that he he eats a fish, but it has he eats it enjoys it with some kind of honeycomb. In the in the fine print, there it actually says that he's enjoying honey. So Jesus has even taste buds. He's even enjoying his meal. He's even sitting down so casually with these guys. Maybe you've seen uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean, or maybe you maybe you've seen the crazy movies. I only have once, maybe <laughs> twice. And the, 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 those guys, uh, they, they're, you have to see their skeletons, they're the bad guys, whatever. And when they drink anything, it kind of washes through their bones and spills out on the ground. And, and uh, this is not at all like the Lord Jesus. He's eating just like any of us, just sitting there eating a meal and even enjoying something that tastes good. He's even, it's even described with honey in it. Kind of funny, huh? What's the point? What is he trying to address? Pam, I need you to backtrack to Acts. 2.27, and I want you to see what Paul wrote, or excuse me, what uh, Dr. Luke writes in his second letter, and he says this, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Listen listen to verse 25 here. David said this about him, so he's going to reference the psalm that we just read. I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, and I will not be shaken. Therefore, My heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. And Jesus fulfills it. Verse 44, and he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. So Jesus says, if you remember back in time, I walked you through this step by step by step. This is what I told you while I was, while I was with you. Everything, and you, if you have a Bible there, underline that everything must be fulfilled, that it is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. It's said that there's like over 300 prophecies uh, of Jesus, and that Jesus completes and fills, fulfills all 300 plus. Um, and you might say to yourself, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I suppose that that's important. Uh, that's, you know, that that maybe there could be a duplicator out there, that somebody along the way could have fulfilled some of these prophecies. But I, there's a guy who did the math on this, and what are the chances that somebody could fulfill all of these prophecies? And I just thought this was interesting, uh, that it would be 10 to the 18 zeros. It's actually uh, uh, 100 quintillion uh, chance, one in one quintillion chance, 18 zeros. That somebody could fulfill all these things. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the place that Jesus was born. We're talking about the place that Jesus grew up. We're talking about the place that Jesus ministered. We're talking about the place that Jesus' family uh, fled when they went to Egypt. We're talking about John the Baptist coming just before him as the prophet that was going to tell everybody. We're talking about... The miracles. We're talking about the holiness. We're talking about all of the huge amount of suffering that, Je- that Jesus went through from Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. We're talking about Jesus being this Passover lamb. Isn't it unique that Jesus died at, th- at he-, he-, he breathed his last at three o'clock at the time that the Passover lamb is slaughtered? That Jesus fulfilled all that even to the exact second into the moment? What are we, that's incredible. That he would be crucified, but that he would also be resurrected. Everybody said hallelujah. 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 10 to the 18 zeros, but I would say to you that it was a one try and one hit deal for God. It's, was, there wasn't any other turns. It was God with one try, and he sent his son, and his son did in obedience all the things, fulfilling all the prophecies, and Jesus is exactly who he says he is. And then it says this in verse 45. Listen to this. Then he opened their minds. Has God opened your mind? Does he help you to see clearly? You can see clearly for the first time in your life. I get it. And so he says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Revelation and understanding, clarity, absolute gift from God, isn't it? And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and he will rise from the dead and on the third day. And repentance, and underline that. You don't have this. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, 2018, May 6th. Here we are looking back over time, looking over a couple of thousand years, and you can see exactly the truth of what he has done. What is to come? The Holy Spirit is to come. The pastor's pastor is going to talk about it in a the, in the couple of weeks. But we've been enjoying, the church has been enjoying the Holy Spirit for a long, long time. Amen? We have been enjoying his sweetness, the way that he ministers to us. And those of you who have been really going through a tough time or even in your most horrible sick days, which he's done with me and I'm just, uh, you you just sit there and you just feel so crummy. And the Lord just says, you can do it. You've got grit. You can do this. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to hold your hand. And he's right there for you. He's right there for you. And then he says this, you are witnesses of these things. You guys are witnesses of it. You know the truth. You've seen it. You've seen it with your own eyes. You've seen the miracles of the Lord Jesus. And how many of you guys would profess to say, uh, I'm an absolute miracle, the fact that, (laughs) yeah. I would say that. I figure I'm God's own mission project, his own personal mission project. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. What are we talking about here? The Holy Spirit. But stay in the city. So stay there until you've been clothed With power from on high, we get peace from knowing that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. That he is physically risen so we too can be risen. That that he would be willing to help us process the truth. That he would be willing to extend the hand and and in his patience help us to process this whole thing. I am so grateful and it gives me peace that Jesus is one in a quintillion. There is no one like him. There will be no one like him. He was God's one-for-one one plan. And I'm so grateful, and he gives me peace in knowing that he will open my, our minds and to teach us each day if we would just yield to him, if we would go to him and say, oh, God, what 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 do you need to do with me today? I repent of all the sin. I turn to you with love and asking for forgiveness in your name. If you would do that each and every day, that you would come close to your Lord Jesus how sweet it would be. It gives me peace in knowing that he allows us the time to repent. That he gives us this forgiveness and he has given us something so precious uh, as his Holy Spirit himself. His Spirit living within. Does it give you peace? Does it give you peace, church? It does. Let me pray for you. Lord, we just thank you for the word. We thank you um, that Luke spelled it out in such a plain and human way. We understand that you are physically resurrected, that you um, bore the nails and we and that, 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 that your disciples could see the marks there. We thank you for the proof that you've given us each day. We thank you for the sweetness of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that we have brothers and sisters uh, each Sunday gathered together and throughout the week to lean on one another and to, and to coach each other through. We thank you for living and abiding in the church and being the head of it. And so, God, we just ask that you would go before us, give us peace in our mind. That is what's most important to us, knowing you, following you, being covered in the dust of our rabbi. So, Lord, we thank you, thank you for the day. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to pray that God would uh, minister to you richly this week, that he would use you uh, for the kingdom, but that he would settle in your heart peace, that you would trust And as you look at him and see him, that you would not be falling over your friends in awe and shock, but you would be absolutely amazed and, and in love with your maker that he would do this for you. So may God bless you this week. You are dismissed.